Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What these young bloods have to understand, that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. to Buckets, brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Sean Little. Find him on Twitter at ChicagoFlow. And this is your Friday Best Bets episode, as well as our futures look. We'll take a look at what's been going on in the league lately, give you some reads, give you some takes, give you some futures as we look at where the league is at right now. Every Friday, we'll give you some futures plays. Got some talk about today on Make or miss playoffs because we got some early returns on these games. We are already, and with some teams, a tenth of the way through the season. We are ten percent through the NBA season, and that may be like, what, what, what? Because we just start. That's how quick this goes. So you know, if you say like, man, it's only been eight games, that sounds like it's nothing. Like there's all these games ahead of us. But if I'm like, hey, we're ten percent done. We only got 10 more of these of what we've been through. It's like, oh, we actually might have a little bit of like sample to count <laughs> from because like, look, some of these teams that are behind the eight ball already eight games in. If you if you have that performance at the end of the year, that could be make miss playoffs. That could be make miss seating. That could be make miss. That could be playing tournament, all sorts of stuff. So we'll break it all down on today's show. Everything we talk about can be found in the award winning Action Network app. Best way for you to track your picks. Best way for you to get up to the second information where the bets and money are coming in on. You can track all sorts of cool stuff in there. You get our live shows as well as we, all throughout the week. And if you want to catch those elsewhere, you can find them on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com slash The Action Network and check it out. You can catch all sorts of shows like The Favorites with their ongoing big money NBA or NFL rather pick them contest. Uh, I, did, I've got, I went three and two last week. I haven't gone worse than three and two in the contest uh i went five and oh in my other one so i was mad that i didn't do as well in the favorites one <laughs> this is a tough slate though this is a I, I was looking at tonight i've only got like two games i got picked anyway check it out on the favorites uh sean we're gonna do best bets here first off uh let's go ahead and do that for the friday slate in season tournament night two all sorts of crazy courts we yeah. talked about the implications on that on tuesday's show with joe delera and jim turvey if you want more on the in season tournament go check that out but, Sean, what are your best bets for, for the Friday slate? I got two, same game, and I just love the spot. I'm going to go Pistons first quarter, plus two and a half, and Joel Embiid under 45 and a half points, rebounds, assists. Bold. Bold going against the Sixers right now with Embiid, especially versus a young team, but they do have a lot of beasts down low. I'll be interested to hear uh, your cap on that one. Yeah. Uh, I have three plays. We're going to take the Suns first half 
spread versus the Los Angeles Lakers. We're going to take Clippers Mavericks over 232, and we're going to take Thunder Kings over 224 and a half. Those are the three plays that I've got for the Friday slate. Uh, let's start with yours since you've got you've narrowed down on this Sixers Pistons game in the market uh, total as recently as I've got it 221 on this one and the uh, Pistons are seven and a half point full game dogs you like them plus two and a half first quarter let's talk about that one first why do you like the first quarter play on the Pistons here yeah both of these are kind of correlated so whatever I'm talking about for this first quarter you can also correlate to Joel Embiid under 45 and a half PRA but we will start in the first quarter I just believe this is a perfect spot for a slow start out of Philly versus a, a strong focused quick start out of Detroit Sixers coming off six straight wins and more importantly for the spot five straight wins at home and they're coming off a monster win versus the Celtics I have zero doubt in my mind the Philadelphia 76ers are feeling themselves a ton at the moment and they're laughing and loudly at James Harden. There is no doubt in my mind, coming off this Celtics game, they feel absolutely phenomenal. Have been hanging out in Philadelphia at home and been absolutely cracking people's skulls after starting the season with an L versus the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, they play Detroit Friday in Detroit. Then they go back to Philly and play two straight against the Pacers and then play the Celtics again. This little sandwich spot for the Detroit Pistons is an absolute afterthought. They're not even thinking about the Pistons. This is such a good spot, in my opinion, for a team that's feeling themselves one of the best teams in the league. We already know that. They think they're just going to walk in, play Detroit. It's not going to be a big deal. A speed bump before they get back on the jet, the charter, and go back home to Philadelphia. And then let's look at the Pistons. Coming off a tough L versus the Bucks. Yes, I know Giannis got thrown out. And one of that's Matt. That's the worst ejection I've ever seen in NBA history. There's been some it was, bad I mean, ejections. It was, it was truly. It was. It was truly like. Usually, <laughs> there's like some folks that are like, well, you know, or like some sticklers. They're like, well, according to the and like everyone was just like, this was complete bull- bullshit. Just complete horseshit. What are you doing? Absolutely. I, it might have been one of those spots where the ref forgot he had a tech already. So in the moment, he's not thinking about tech number one. Sees the taunt on the dunk bangs him again, and then kind of immediately after is like, well, I have to stick to the second deck because I just banged him. I can't rescind it. And now he's kind of in this spot where he has to get ejected. But it didn't feel that way when you were watching the the ref and how he acted after the fact. But it, it's it's hard to speculate, but really bad ejection. All right, so why do you want the quarter? If it's yeah. if this is like a bad spot for him, why do you want the first quarter? So I, I think coming in here that – it's just, I think it's a really good spot for the Pistons who are so let me get back to what I was saying. Sorry, I got I got the ejection was so bad I got a little bit off track. But <laughs> but the um I know that uh Giannis got ejected. I know all of that. They have now lost six in a row, the Detroit Pistons, and they're gonna come into this game at home and just this is just they're gonna take the Sixers a lot more seriously then I believe the Sixers are going to take the Pistons. Sixers 0-2 against the spread on the road to start the year in the first quarter. Pistons are actually 2-1 against the spread at home in the first quarter to start the year. For as poorly as the Pistons have played in stretches over this six-game losing streak, they're still 19th in net rating. That's 
right around the 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 you're we're starting to go down towards the bottom of the league, but it's still middle of the league. They have a score in K cutting, and I think you get those guys going in a lot of different spots. Pistons also 12th allowed in points in the paint, 16 in defensive rating. Monty Williams has got the guys playing hard. Overall, I love the spot where Philly has been at home in Philadelphia, hanging out. They're then going to get on a jet to go to Detroit for one night and then go back home to play two playoff teams in the Pacers and in the a rematch against the Celtics. This team is going to be an afterthought. Now, in a full game spot, I was tempted to take the seven and a half. I even seen eight in some spots. But once the Sixers start to get into the game and do start to settle in, I really like the spot initially off the jet that the Pistons will come off after blowing the big lead in the fourth quarter with Dame going crazy and Brooke Lopez hitting the late three to kind of close them out. I just think Monty Williams will have these guys ready. And then that also leads into the Joel piece. You want to comment on the first quarter? Or you want me to go into the Joel under 45 and a half PRA? All right. Well, I want, I want, I want to put some numbers to it. Yeah. And we'll talk about the Joel piece because I think for you, it's correlated. I like the first quarter play pretty well. Yeah. I'm not so sure about the PRA. Uh, first quarter spread this season. Pistons are five and three uh, in that first quarter, five, three and one on first quarter. That's via, via EV analytics. Yep. dot com and the uh sixers are only three and four so yeah, you've got a spot 0 and where oh and two on the road and oh and two on the road yeah right so there's a little bit of an edge there um don't mind don't mind that i think that that's a pretty good spot right and i agree with you on the letdown situation here where it's like i mean look i think there are certain things that transcend sports and if this was football and the sixers are coming off of like this is I'm trying to think of like even like the, the the football comparison, but like this is that team that comes off of a monster win the week before, and everyone's talking them up, and everyone's hyping them, and then they go out and it's like, oh man, they they like barely got by whoever, or they lost outright to like yeah. you know the the Titans, whoever they are, right? And so I like the spot a lot. Because you're selling high on a Sixers team that I don't think can be any higher. And you're doing it with a first quarter line where it very well could just be like, yeah, the Sixers over the course of the game, they're able to get separation. Um, But in the first quarter in particular, Pistons get a lead and they're able to just go ahead and like sneak this one out versus a team that was sleeping. I could definitely see it being like Pistons jump all over them uh, 2012 and then hang on and either lose by one or win by one and or tie. And you're good there. Uh, so yeah. I like the first quarter play. Talk to me about the PRA. Yeah, and just to close out that first quarter, and this is, I guess this also goes with the PRA, but, you know, Jalen Duran, Isaiah Stewart, those are guys that are going to try to bang. And Monty Williams has to be focused on slowing Joel Embiid. That has to be the number one priority for him. So a lot of the same cap goes to the same first quarter play as does it goes to the under PRA. But Embiid, 46 PRA in 30 road games last year. That's what he averaged was 46. So it's right there on that 45 and a half number that's posted for this piston spot. I just expect max effort and a focus on Embiid in this game. I think the number one priority for Monty Williams and his guys is going to be the slow Embiid. And I think they have the bigs to, to do so. So that's why I'm looking at a slow start and a focus on getting the ball out of Joel Embiid to him. I, this is the thing about this 45 and a half number. Joel can still have a monster game and come under this. He could go 28, 11 and two 
that's a still a phenomenal game for Joel Embiid and come under 45 and a half. This is a massive number. I think it's too high. This just feels like a very good spot for Joel Embiid coming off five, six straight home games to just coast a little bit before he goes back home. I feel like that's the attitude in these type of spots. I'm going to trust my instincts, trust my my years of hoops watching, and I like this spot. If, if Joel Embiid comes out and scores 40, then, you know, uh, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take the lump on the chin. But I like this spot a lot to get max effort out of Detroit and uh, uh, potentially slowed him enough to where he comes in under 45 and a half. This is tough because I think of the correlation on it. I Here's why. One of your best paths to this going under is if the uh, Sixers just absolutely stomp them. If they just stomp an absolute mud hole through them. And maybe this yeah. is one where it's like, look, both of them could hit. One of them probably hits, right? Where it's like, where it's like the, they dominate the Pistons so much that Joel sits in the fourth quarter and you're fine. Um, or, you know, it's just a rotten night for Joel and he doesn't get there on the PRA. A couple of, of I think, of issues is the, 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 the Pistons defense legitimately is terrible. And they allow, this, this is actually my concern. So you've, you've singled out the points in the paint. But with Embiid, that's not really where you need to be worried about. You need yeah, to be worried about short true. to mid-range. And so Detroit gives up. Um, they're pretty good about containing at the rim, but they give up the sixth highest percentage of shots, like volume of shots in the mid-range per dunks and threes. And they allow uh, the seventh highest percentage. So, like, I think what you're going to see a lot is you're going to see Duran and you're going to see Stu backing off and letting Embiid take too many of those mid-rangers and then it gets there. Now, maybe, maybe Maxi just goes absolutely wild and like Joel is just like happy to have him go do his thing. Maybe the Pistons absolutely blitz him, right? Maybe Monty Williams is just like, we're just going to throw the house at, at Joel and make anybody else beat us. Um, their perimeter defense, I think is they've got some weight. So like Cade's pretty good. Ivy's not. Um, Killian's up and down. They've got some of those guys. Um, I think the other concern here, though, is is just like the overall defensive metrics where the Pistons have allowed the team total over in six of eight. Uh, maybe that just means that, like, again, their entire team scores so well, the bench runs wild, and Embiid goes under. Um, the rebounds, the PRA on this, actually, I think if you're going to play it, it's better to play the PRA than it is to play the points on the under. Because I do think it's entirely possible that he's able to just, like, rack up a huge performance on those, but also like the assists are coming really easy for him because they're running so much DHO action. And those are sequences. I think the Pistons are going to struggle to defend. Um, so I, I can't endorse this one. Um, we'll see how it goes. I do like that Pistons first quarter, uh, but I'm worried for you. I, Cause the other thing here from a, a straight, if we get past like the, the X's and O's and the stats, Jojo loves kicking the shit out of bad teams. Like yeah, it does. is that that is where he eats. Now he's been awesome in every game so far. He's been great in every game. I've been very complimentary of him across platforms. Like this is the best season I've seen, I've seen from Joel so far. It's eight games, but I, this is the best I've seen from him. But he does like to beat the shit out of these bad teams, and so like that makes me nervous that he's gonna be. It's gonna be like in season tournament and beat drops fifty. Like I'm concerned on that. Uh, but the Pistons first quarter, I think, is a pretty smart play for where the spot is. Yeah, and last point on both of the caps. Joel Embiid is second in the NBA in points in the first quarter per game behind Ant-Man. He's at 9.1. Ant-Man is at 10-plus. If Joel does have a big first quarter, I'm going to be hard-pressed to win both of these spots. 
I yeah. still like the spot for a slow start out of Philly, purely off of the sandwich spot. What six straight home games on a, a road game to a, of course, lonely, bumish Detroit Pistons team to then go back and have to worry about dealing with the Pacers offense, who we'll get to, and then a, a rematch against the Celtics. Then I, I, I would, I'm, I'd be shocked if the Sixers were even thinking about this game. And that's a perfect spot for me to take the first quarter plus two and a half. Uh, all right, let's get to mine. We'll go through these in quickish manner. Um, Suns first half, first half versus the Lakers. There's a one and a half in the market. Um, look, I, I'm not going to overcomplicate this. It's a pretty simple cap. The Lakers haven't covered a single fucking first half <laughs> spread this season. They're zero and eight. And like, look, this is always the question, and I love, I do love these questions that we talk about on buckets because, like, I love the process of betting. The question of, okay, they're zero and eight, so are you buying high on this trend of the Lakers not covering? And I'm like, no, because the Lakers are still only three and a half point dogs to a Suns team with KD and Beal back on the road when they're still missing half their roster. AD will probably play, and they just got the shit kicked out of them by the Rockets and Magic. Like this, the, like the Lakers are not good right now. And I do think that I don't think that you should always just like ride these trends to the end. If it's like, oh, they've gone over six times in a row. Like you should look at the opponent, but like the Suns are not, the Suns are definably not a bad team. I don't know how good they are, but I'm not like, this isn't even the Pelicans with how banged up they are. Like if the Pelicans were three and a half in this spot. With how banged up they are, I'd be like, nah, I, this is not the spot to keep riding that trend. But Suns at home, tournament game, big time spot, Lakers, they'll get up for it because it's the Lakers. Yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll play Suns first half. And if I if I lose on the first time that the Lakers cover a first half spread this season, I will just deal with it, Sean. Yeah, I mean, Friday night, this is going to be the energy thing kept coming up. It's LeBron. It's very clear when he's irritated, and mm-hmm. he was it. He was so irritated coming out of the Houston game last night. If you saw the clip, they asked him about energy, and he kind of stopped back and looked at all the reports and said, "Is that the theme here?" I've heard energy yeah. like four or five times. You guys keep mentioning energy. Is that what we're doing here? So I, I expect LeBron to show up, but that's never the issue, right, Matt? Like. <laughs> No. I'm never not. I'm never worried about LeBron showing up. That's never, ever, ever the problem. So, AD, of course, we'll see if he goes. But I expect Phoenix to show up in this spot. And how about this? If I if, if I expect, say, I do expect the Lakers to show up, and I expect Phoenix to show up, I like Phoenix. So, yeah, I like the spot. Yeah, uh, Lakers have the worst point differential in the first quarter since 1970. Not not good. Not not great there, Bob. <laughs> Um, that's why the energy questions are coming is because the, the, the reporters that cover that team are so on message with how the Lakers and LeBron present the idea of the team that it's like, well, they're supposed to be good. So like, it's gotta be an energy problem while you're starting flat. And I'm like, what if they're just not very good? Like, what if that's the answer here? It's just like, they're not very good right now. They yeah. like it better later, but like Austin Reeves has the seventh worst. Raw plus minus in the league. They're getting killed. Killed in his minutes. Killed. LeBron steps off. LeBron at age 39 steps off the court for four seconds and they lose 10 points. Like, 
It's really bad. So I'll go ahead and I'll take, I will keep riding the trend and I'll take Suns first half here. Um, Clippers Magic over 232. So I've been playing a lot of unders. And the reason I was playing a lot of unders is my, uh, my, uh, my projection system last year killed it on unders. I was phenomenal, 60% plus on unders last season. And so I was like going back to the well. Um, but then I actually like ran enough data to actually see how we're performing this year. And that's small sample. Like I'm not like going heavy on this stuff because I'm waiting for the sample size to kind of stabilize a little bit here. But I'm 61% on overplays this season for the model. I've just been playing too many hunters. So I'm going the other direction, especially with what we talked about uh, on the Tuesday show when we get into the courts and how the play has been. These guys are all rested. They're on two days rest on, in most of these situations. No one's on a back-to-back. Uh, so it's a pretty good spot. There is kind of like a bit bigger energy with these in-season tournament games for whatever reason. Um, and we saw that with the, the totals going five and two to the over on the last Friday slate. Maybe that that, that regulates. So I'm not playing them across the board, but I'm going to take Clippers Mavericks. Uh, this is pretty simple. The, the Mavericks have allowed um, a really incredible percentage of um, overs on how much they've allowed on team games this season. Um, they have allowed the opponent team total over in five of their eight the clippers defense has really started to slide in that respect too it was doing pretty well and then it started it's actually started to backslide since harden got there because the transition defense is so bad and the mavericks don't run a lot but if you allow them to the way that they are it's pretty good here's the bigger one though the mavericks are eight and oh to their team total over Clippers are five and three to their team total over. So you've got two teams that have been phenomenal at going over their combined total. I'm sorry, it's five and two on the Clippers to their their uh, team total over. Um, Mavericks is eight and zero. So you have two two teams that have both consistently gone over their team totals. Now again, this is pre Harden, but this is a big primetime spot, and I, there's a lot of ways for me to get here. Uh, the Clippers' defense is bad because of Harden, and this goes over. The Clippers' offense gets better because of because Harden settles in, and this goes over. The Raptors are the worst half-court offense in the league, in my opinion, and they absolutely destroyed Dallas's defense because that's how bad Dallas's half-court defense is. Um, this is not a pace play. This is an efficiency play. So that's kind of the concern here is like, look, it's a high number. I'm not, I'm not ignoring that. Um, it's 232. But I've got this projected at 239.5, almost 240. That, to me, sounds right. I think the Clippers are going to continue to struggle as they figure out how to defend with Harden on the court. Um, And the Mavericks, I think that they will continue to struggle to defend no matter what, but they will score. The Mavericks will always score well. I've got two early trends. That 8-0 for the Mavericks says that the market has not adequately adjusted for Dallas's offense being as good as it is. So I'll take the over 232.5 here. Yeah, and also, how about we get some positive shooting regression from uh Kawhi Leonard and Paul George like six mm-hmm. of almost 36 of 29 from three the last couple games um <laughs> you know what the natural thing is to do that it's like what? Kawhi and PG not shooting it well it's fucking James's fault probably yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean like it's just like that's yeah. how everyone in the NBA casual Twitter world thinks it's like all of a sudden James shows up Kawhi and Paul can't shoot it anymore so yeah. get some positive regression offensively from those guys. They can get going. And um, I will say this, the first couple of games, James has shown he's just such a good distributor. And if those guys are going to be able to knock down shots as they figure out how they want to play D and offensively, how they want to go about possession to possession, 
then this this should be a a very stable offensive squad. And I've been very clear on where I'm at with Dallas. I think offensively they're 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 obviously good. And the things you laid out with the team total being undefeated going over to, for the Mavericks, this is a good spot for an over prime time. This is a this is a spot where I think both teams end up leaning on O and Mo, uh, Dallas has been so good to close games offensively that if it does get tight and we're trying to get over that number late, Dallas has been very good coming down the stretch while the Clippers have been prone to turning it over and been disorganized, which both can lead to easy buckets. My other one, I've got uh, the over in Thunder Kings. Uh, This one is a preposterously low number to me. Um, I don't really understand where this number is being generated from. Uh, It's only 224 in the market and that to me is a little bit wild uh if we look at just like this is the kings they're at home um they are without they're without swipe up but there's there is a equal problem here with fox missing on offense and defense yes he is their best offensive player he's their best overall player but he's also their best defensive player so to me there's like a very big opportunity here to get in on um that team in that spot and to be able to find opportunities uh, to maybe fade the Kings defense. Like the Blazers actually were able to perform fairly well in that game. Like they went over their team total in that game based off of that. Um, so when I've got this opportunity, I'm going to go ahead and take the over on in that spot with the Thunder and the Kings. Yeah. And then when Shea scores 40 a night anyway, it's, it's, it's always fun. The, the right. guy, man, I, I just love his game a, a, across the board. I have a hard time with the feel on this spot in this matchup. First of all, that number is spookily low. That that makes me nervous initially. And we've had a hard time getting a beat on Sacramento, especially without Darren Fox. So yeah, I got no real read in this spot. I'll um I'll trust I'll trust your instincts and your model and your gut on this over and uh, we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, I got this projected all the way up at 235 based off of how both teams have looked this season. Trends are a little bit split on it, so it's not a trend play, uh, but I do like the spot here for the uh, over in this in this spot. If this number populates somewhere else, because this is like an early number that we found, uh, that I found in the market, um, if it does move up somewhere else, because there's one book in particular that posted this at 224 and a half, if it goes up, I'm still going to like it at, at any number it goes to. So we're... Eight games in, we're 10th of the way through the season with most teams. They'll, they'll, if you're not there, you'll be there by Saturday. And I think it's time to start looking at, at playoff odds because those are going to shift pretty radically over the next coming little stretch. And we'll t- we'll, we already talked about the Lakers a little bit, but I want to start there. In the market, you can get the Los Angeles Lakers. If you want to bet them to make the, the playoffs, uh, you can get them at a still a minus number. Like They are still favored to make the playoffs, which I thought was... A little interesting. I thought that was a little, was a little interesting that there's still so much faith for the Lakers to make the playoffs. <laughs> Minus 160. No is plus 125. So these aren't juicy numbers. There's definitely like a, mm, things are not great. This team was on in the play-in tournament last year. Uh, a lot of conversation about the injury status of this team. Because that was like LeBron's thing. It's just like, you know, like we just can't get healthy. Like we just got to get our guys back on the floor. Like hopefully blah, 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 blah. I've got my own thoughts on that. But I want to get your thoughts on Lakers minus one twenty five um, or minus one sixty make the playoffs. Miss is plus one twenty five. What are your thoughts on the Lakers right now? I don't understand this number. If you black, if if you did the the good old mystery odds and blacked out who is who and what the name on the front of the jersey said, I just don't think there's any way this number is minus one sixty. Yes, 
to the Lakers making the playoffs. They've been pretty bad, man. Like, let's just be completely honest. 30th and second chance points allowed. I think that's probably the biggest issue at the moment, 19 a game. They gave up 26 to those to the Rockets, which essentially they had no chance once the ball started bouncing in Houston's favor in that direction. For a guy that LeBron that's, let's be clear on what LeBron has been saying from the start of the season. Guys, I cannot come out here and play 40 minutes every single night because I can't not do it. My body will not let me. He is clearly stating that. So when he does have to, they have a shot to win. But I think there's going to get to a point where he's like, I'm not. I'm. He's going to look around the roster. LeBron is the king of, of very much evaluating the situation and being like, yeah, this team doesn't have it or this roster doesn't have it. And he's going to move accordingly. I think it, there might be a spot. I'm not going to say LeBron's going to mail in the year, but there's going to be a spot where it's like either he's going to try to make a move, move some guys around or figure something out. Because as of right now, how many years in a row are we going to say we just need our guys, a.k.a. Anthony Davis on the floor? He's only like every time I hear LeBron say anything, all the only person I think of is Anthony Davis. We yeah. need our guys on the floor means I need Anthony Davis on the floor. That's all I hear when I hear LeBron bring up stuff like that. Percentage of points via the three, 29th in the NBA, 24.8%. That's what the Los Angeles Lakers are at right now. They have no shooting. They have no real direction when LeBron's off the floor. The Mavs are number one in that category at 42.5%. So I I would be hard-pressed to bet the Lakers to make the playoffs at minus 160. I am not interested in that number whatsoever. And um, the only – we talked about this early in the season. I gave out LeBron under full season-long prop, like 27.1 or 27.2 points per game. If he's going to have to – like, don't get me wrong. LeBron can go get that every night if he wants to. But he's not interested in that, and he hasn't been interested in that for a while now. So, yeah, this number, minus 160, is inflated. I'm not interested. And I'm uh, it's a soap opera. I'm always interested to see how this goes with LeBron moving forward. D'Lo is probably the biggest uh, scapegoat right now, kind of on the roster. Uh, Austin Reeves has been, like I said, wretched. Um, there are, like, basketball things I can talk about in terms of things that would make things better for them. Um, you know, Van, look. Here's the injury thing. They've had a bad run of it. I'm not going to sit here and say that like the Lakers haven't missed anybody important. Okay. Like the injury report is bad. It's a bad injury report. Like it, it's rough. It sucks. And I get that. Uh, I don't have a lot of sympathy. And the reason I don't have a lot of sympathy is I've done this for long enough. It, it, and it's always to me, it's like, look, it's the it's the National Lampoon's line. Look around you, Helen. We're at the threshold of hell. Like, that's <laughs> what this is. Um, if if we like, okay, so the Lakers tomorrow night on the injury report listed for tomorrow, Anthony Davis is questionable with hip, left adductor and hip spasm. Jackson Hayes is questionable with an ankle sprain. Uh, rookie Jalen Hood Scavino is out with a right patella contusion. Jared Vanderbilt is still out with left heel bursitis and Gabe Vincent is out with a left knee effusion. Okay. So that's their uh, backup power forward or small forward in Vando, their backup point guard in Gabe Vincent, 
Uh, their second best player in Anthony Davis. Some people have said he's their best player. That's a bullshit. It's LeBron. Let's be honest. There's about a million reasons I can list for why that is. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't need to get into that. Like, please no, stop talking about Anthony Davis as the best player on the Lakers. You have to one play and two actually ha- like win your minutes in order for you to be the best player. Um, and then Jackson Hayes is like the backup center. I get it. I do. Bradley Beal and Devin Booker have not played a game together for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, the, the Memphis Grizzlies list, starting center Steven Adams, backup power forward Brandon Clark, backup power forward John Conchar, backup small forward Jake LaRavia, starting point guard John Morant, backup point guard Derek Rose, current starting center because the the starting center is out for the year, uh, Xavier Tillman, also out. Like this is, and, and you know what? I don't, I'm not sitting here making excuses for the Grizzlies either. You got to build a roster good enough to compete. This is the NBA. You got to have guys that are good to go. And the other thing is, night after night after night, doing this for 15 years that I have, I see shorthanded teams win in tough situations on road trips and back to backs because they are well coached, they are deep, and they are professional. And the Lakers are none of those things right now. So I don't give a shit who you're missing. Don't get blown out by Houston. You lose close. Hey, Houston's better. We're going to talk about them in a second. Houston's better. No question. But don't bring this this injury shit to me because I don't want to hear it. Because everybody, life sucks in the NBA during the regular season. And I have, a, I have endless empathy for the, what the players go through on an individual basis. Because if you are somebody that is fortunate enough as I am to go into locker rooms and you see these guys walking after the game and you see them icing after the game and you see them groaning and moaning in pain it shows you the cost of what this game takes on guys that's what no the question for, so no absolutely no question very very well said clip that put it up everywhere <laughs> that was very well said from matt moore buckets is presented by BetMGM. use bonus code action when signing up to get up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet loses for new users in arizona colorado illinois indiana iowa Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's talk Rockets, right? Okay, so Houston's now 500, which is wild. Absolutely wild that they've they've gotten to this spot. They've caught some teams in advantageous positions. They're actually 4-3 and right now. They're above 500. Um, I currently have them projected actually in the seventh spot. Um, I will say I don't think Lakers miss at plus one to 25 is, is a bet because I do have them in the play in tournament right now. And until I get to a spot where I'm like they're 11th or 12th, I can't justify betting that like they have to be out of play in tournament range for that bet for me to have value, even though I can bet the dog in any sort of play in tournament matchup spot. If this hits 150, I will be interested. But with the Rockets, um, the Rockets are like the other side of this, which is there's obviously like a, a you know, the books are going to be resistant to adapting to teams being better. And I talk about mirror teams all the time, which is they start off really well. And it's like, hey, they really turned a corner. And then like in mid-December, they look in the mirror and they go, oh, shit, we're not very good. And then they fall back to earth. Rockets make playoffs as plus 550. Miss is minus 900. I'm not 
there on betting this, but I wanted to talk about it because I do think that what Ime Udoka has done is he has gotten this team into a much, much better spot. They are disciplined. They are smart. They're getting efficient. Like Jalen Green has backed off a lot of his bad habits, which is a real credit to him. They're running the ball through Alper and Shangoon. The vets are doing their job. Houston's playing really good basketball right now. They have adults in the room. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it, it, it could be, that's the, you want to, you want to hear my cap on the Houston Rockets. They have adults in the organization. They have guys yeah. that know what they're doing in the organization. It's simple as that. Ime Udoka is a guy that's going to get shit in order. When shit wasn't going well in Boston, the first half of that year, he the, what he did in that flip from January on when he, when he took the Boston Celtics to the, the finals was something – it was an, it was an incredibly well-coached situation to get those guys to turn around and do what they did that back half of the year. And simply put, they start off the year with three straight losses and run off four in a row, and it's already just situational stuff that Ime is getting ready. Also – the wins, uh, they're they're not really that impressive. Two of them are against the Kings. They have uh, the 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 beat up of the Lakers, who we just talked about, isn't a very good squad. So the plus five hundred piece is nothing. I'm trying to sniff, especially in the Western Conference. I have a the, the there's so many teams in the West. One of these guys is going to be the odd the odd squad out in the Lakers, Kings, and Pelicans. Those are right around minus one twenty to minus one sixty on yes to make the playoffs, and one of those teams is going to get clipped. But I, w- I wouldn't be ready to anoint the Rockets are going to rip off some type of uh, some type of run to make the playoffs here. But there's adults in the room, and it's shown with their with their performance the last ten days. One more team I want to talk about is the Indiana Pacers. This number's off the board as we're recording because uh, they just got done beating beating the Milwaukee Bucks despite uh, an absolutely insane performance from Giannis Antetokounmpo, who dropped. Uh, 50 plus in that game only to lose by two absolutely absurd game the Pacers are the best I love the Pacers I love the way they play I love their energy I love the way they move Giannis finishes with 54 12 and three and and takes a loss there Um, Pacers when I checked this afternoon were still a a plus number to make the playoffs I bet them in in preseason plus 150 Um, if this number even if it pops at a small minus I would take this so a lot of this is pretty much that I can tell you in the history of the last 10 years. Okay. When we look at the last 11, 12 years, uh, actually I've got data going back to the last 11 years. Um, when you are elite on one side of the ball or the other, you tend to make the postseason. It's just that simple. It's like, look, you don't have to, if you're balanced, that's great too. If you're top 10 in both, you're absolutely you're going to be a top five seed. Like you're going to get a top four seed if you're top 10 on both sides of the ball. But if you're a top 10 offense, last 11 years, 88% of the time you make the, the postseason. If you are a top five offense, 92% of the time you make the playoffs. So it is a solid percentage. It's not as good as if you're, if you're top 10 defense, but it winds up being really indicative of what you can do uh, if you are a top 10 offense in this league and they're going to be probably top five. Like, I just think that they're going to be a top five in this league. I think that when I was we just, just going to say, what are we, what are we doing talking about top 10, Matt? Like these boys, yeah. these boys are going to be top five in offense for sure. From what, from what I'm seeing, because that's what they do and that's what they care about. And they thoroughly enjoy trying to get out and just run the score up on people. 
they cannot wait to get the ball out of the net and just get it up floor. And that's Tyrese Halliburton. He's the head of the snake, and he keeps that machine rolling. So, yeah, if if top 10 is a good indication of making the playoffs, top five is going to be an even better indication. And that's where I expect the Pacers to end the season, especially on the offensive end. Listen to some of these numbers on the turnover to assist uh, ratio. Because Halliburton is right now, he's averaging 12 assists a game, 11.9, 4.4 assist to turnover ratio. So I was just interested just to go back and look historically what some of the big dogs that have dished throughout the NBA. And I was, this 4.4 number is incredible. By the way, Chris Paul on a career, I was not expecting this. I knew we, I know he was, he's been awesome, will always be awesome. Point God, I get it. For his career, four even on assist to turnover ratio. 11,567 assists to only 2895 in turnovers. John Stockton, of course, the leader of all time, 3.72. So Chris Paul is always taking care of the rock. It's even more impressive, though, for Tyrese Halliburton and the way he plays ball and how that team plays offense for him to just never turn it over. That team is built to yeah. turn the ball over and can sustain turning the ball over quite a bit more than they do, but he just doesn't do it, man. That he's the he's the engine. I yeah. love what they got going on on offense. I yeah, I expect them to finish top five, top six in the NBA got, and make that playoff push. I've got Halley uh play in tournament MVP odds. I've got Halley all NBA selection odds. I've got a little sprinkle on Halley MVP. It's not going to get there, but I just like having it. I got Pacers overs. I got Pacers make playoffs. <laughs> I, I can't have any more of this Pacers team. What Matt just said, I'm, I I plan on closing out, saying goodbye to Matt on this podcast, saying, hey, Matt, enjoy your weekend. I'll see you later next week. And I'm going to go print a Pacers to make the playoff team. I don't need to yeah. hear anything else from that because they're going to be elite on that side of the ball. Top 10 plus, no question. Absolutely. Uh, any other teams you want to get into? Yeah, one more I got for you. I was looking at the Nets, plus 140, yes, to mm. make the playoffs. I think this is a buy for me at the moment. I know Cam yeah. Thomas just went out with the ankle, out for a couple weeks. But I love them in a play-in style situation as well. They just suck to play against. Deep, nine guys playing 22-plus minutes. You know what it feels like when I watch them, Matt? They just have a ton, ton of guys playing for their NBA life. That's the entire roster. Guys that are going to show up and play hard because they're playing for their careers. Guys like Lonnie Walker, Dennis Smith Jr., Royce O'Neal. That's how I feel like they show up to the gym every day. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be in the fucking league in the next two to three years. And I think that's also a reflection of Jock Vaughn. And they're also doing this without Cam Johnson, without Nick Claxton. Those guys practicing the G League affiliate on Wednesday. I think the Nets at plus 140 is a buy for me. Um, I'm not printing it immediately like I'm going to go print this Pacers ticket, but keep an eye on that Nets situation, especially when they get Cam and Nick back, um, and we'll see how that shakes, but I like that spot. So I, I like the way they're playing. Um, what's, here's what's tough about them, okay, is how, I don't know how to factor how much of the offense is being boosted up by Cam because of his scoring output. And the the overall numbers for Cam – are like on an impact level are not great. I want to be very clear. Like I cam gets here. Here's what's really funny. Cam is the exact type of player that I'm going to love when he's with the nets and nobody talks about him. And then everybody's going to start talking about how he's a bucket and needs more respect. And, and I'm, and then I'll be like, well, okay. He gets numbers, but like, that's all, like, that's all that should be enough. He's not like a superstar in this league. He's just like a really fun scorer and that should be okay. 
Um, the offense is 4.4 points better with him on the floor. The defense is 11.6 points worse. So like it, yeah. it's, there's a big trade-off here. The question I think is what happens to the offense when they get healthy? Like when they get, if they get everybody back and they get Clax in particular back, who is one of the best defensive players in the league. Yes. Does the offense stay good? While the defense gets better, does Clax cover for some of those issues that occur when Cam's on the floor? Does Cam Johnson like wind up helping them with getting like better balance on both sides of the floor? Like I just don't know what it looks like. So that's my only hesitation with betting them is I don't know what they're going to look like in terms of makeup. They've been an offensive centric team because all their good defenders have been on been injured. And so, yeah. like, what happens if these guys do come back? Because these guys are on short-term injuries. And again, I'm not double-dealing here. It's the same thing with the Lakers, where it's like, look, they could be a totally different team when they get everybody back. Maybe that does make them, like, perfect. I don't know that you're going to be there. The good thing, though, is the Nets have been competitive, even when they've been missing really key players. Like, Clax is the most important defensive player on that team, and he hasn't played for them yet. So I get what you're saying. Like, this does look like a buy spot, just because there's enough of a structure there without these key players that if they get anything from those guys, it might boost them to an above 500 performance level. Yeah. I, I, Nick, getting Nick Claxton back with him on the floor with Cam has to help that minus 11 on the defensive side of the rock. I, I, there's no way it couldn't help. So keep an eye on plus 140 for the Nets to make the playoffs and go print a Pacers ticket. All right, it's got to do it for Buckets. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys being with us. Make sure to, to uh, track all of Sean's bets and all of his Twitter takes over at Chicago Flow. You can catch him on the NBA Best Stream as well as obviously hosting Buckets this whole season uh, whenever I'm not able to do so because I'm running around this great NBA country. My thanks to Sean. My thanks to David Payne, our producer. My thanks to our video team, including Hutton Jackson, for getting this up on YouTube. Have yourselves a great weekend. We'll see you Sunday night for the NBA recap and futures look with Jim and Joe. Till then, let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.